0: You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at GraceChurchNB.com. And now, we hope that you enjoy this message. As far as I'm concerned, this is God's house, and His presence is fullness of joy. Yes. Has this week been a tough week? Yes, it has been a tough week. Does it culminate on September 11th, which is a tough day for this country? Yes, it does. If you've ever been to Ground Zero, uh, you know that it's a, a place where it's almost like you can't breathe. It's better now, but early on I was still working in New York and I was there all the time. And every time I walked by, my breath would be taken away, not only because I thought about my friends that died, but more because there was a spirit there. I know some of you know what I'm talking about. You were there. Uh, it just would suck the life out of you. And what happened with Jan is, is trying to suck the life out of me, too. <laughs> I'm talking to you personally right now. And I know some of you might feel the same way. Just, the enemy wants to take our breath away. He wants us... Anybody here ever have a panic attack? Yep. Where literally you almost couldn't breathe. Now, I haven't had a real panic attack, to be honest with you. But I've been around people that were losing their breath. Somebody very close to me for, for a really long period of time, they just, they were sitting like, I can't get my breath. and It was because they were stressed. In John 16, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. And that word is a Greek word, which is phlipsis, which really means, the definition of it is, if you had a stack of papers that were pressed down till all the air was removed. And that's what the enemy seeks to do. He seeks to take our breath away. And you know, in the Garden of Eden, when God breathed his life into Adam, And then Eve, when they fell, they lost that breath. God wants to refresh you today with the fresh breath of his Holy Spirit, with a fresh wind of hope and life for your future. And if you're willing to change your mind and allow God to change you and see who you are in Christ, you will be refreshed today. Amen? Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. I pray if anyone came in here today not knowing Jesus Christ, like those two women at our first service, they would give their hearts to you today. I pray if anyone here is being nudged by the Holy Spirit to be baptized today and they haven't signed up, that they would show up today, come in that water, and be changed. Father, if anyone came in here sick in their body, financial struggle, oppressed, depressed, suicidal thoughts, emptiness, loneliness, Father, refresh their spirit today by your power, I pray. Father, speak to your people through me. Holy Spirit, move on everyone here. Open hearts. Blow a fresh wind into their life, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. My wife and I were away and we got a f- phone call that were over, forever changed me. And I remember just my breath being taken away. And I was saying, Alicia, I don't even know if I can do Sunday. I don't even know. And she said, just preach what you're going through. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm losing my breath. I don't feel good. I don't feel positive. September 11th's coming. We've lost a sister. My friend has lost his partner, daughters have lost their mom, a mom has lost her daughter. And the Lord said to me, listen to me, he said, you can be refreshed even in that. He said, times of refreshing can come, but only in my presence, only with me. Because my first thought wasn't, oh, let me get together with God. My first thought was, why God? (laughs) Like, I don't even want to talk to you right now. But I know God didn't do it. Things just happen. We're in a world that is shaking people. You know, it's September 11th, and I never talk about politics. I just don't do it. Because nobody can agree upon politics. And I don't talk religion either. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Because nobody can agree on that. Because there's only one truth, and that's that Jesus died on the cross, and his grace is sufficient for us. That's it. But I will say this. It's September 11th, and you're able to come into a church. You're able to express yourself on social media. You're able to stand up and say what you got to say. I don't agree with some of the things being said, and I'm sure some of you don't agree with some of the things being said, but you know what? Praise God that people have the right to say it. That's what it's all about. Because if I decided to get on a plane and go to Iran and say, I want to start Grace Church in here, I wouldn't have the support of the local government. That would be a suicide mission. But in America? So, the flag is just our flag. It should unite us. We don't worship a country. We don't worship a system but this is still the greatest country on the face of this earth. Because you can have any kind of church you want here, you can say what you got to say, and we can disagree and agree to disagree. And that's the right, because guess what? Nobody's got a corner on the truth. Except Jesus Christ. And he loves everybody. Our prayer for For countries that don't have freedom would be that they would have freedom. But let's not knock our own country. I mean, if you want to knock some kind of thing that's going, that's fine. But at least we have freedom. At least. And once we lose that. So I'm not into shutting people up at all. But praise God we can express how we feel. And let's do that. Let us be like, as a church, let us be a people that even, because we can't even agree on what chairs or carpet to get in the church, amen? You know, we can't agree on what kind of worship music to do, you know, like no one is agreement on anything. But that's okay, because look around you. Look around you. This is what we got, people. It's a melting pot of crazy people. And celebrate it, and love it, and enjoy it. But there are some things we're doing in this country that I don't agree with, and God doesn't agree with them. And do I even have to mention them? No, I don't. Let's just go on. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So I see a process there for a refreshing in my life. Now, this is a message that Peter spoke after the man, the beggar, was healed and everybody came crowding around. Now, right before that, he had given his first message, remember when 3,000 people got saved? And in Acts 2.38, he said, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here he is preaching another message. And God bless these evangelists because they can preach the same message over and over again. Amen? I got to come up with something new 52 times a year. <laughs> On September 24th, I'll be preaching in, at a uh, fresh fire uh, conference in Brooklyn. If anybody wants to come with me, I can use some bodyguards, but it's going to be in Brooklyn. and I'm going to get to go there, and I can just preach my message, my, my personal message, and, and, and they'll be like, oh, that, I never heard that before. Because they haven't. But here, every week, you got to come up with, you know, you got to go to the Holy Spirit come and give me something. And here, Peter spoke a message again to a new group of people, but he sort of preached the same themes as before, which was the gospel, which is what we're all preaching. And some versions actually say this, repent therefore and be converted or baptized. That your, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And it's widely believed that he has the same meaning here. He just used different words. But the Lord showed me if you are going to have a refreshing right now, the first thing you need to do is repent. Now, repent is a word that literally just means change your mind. Look at the person next to you and say, Today, Today, change your mind. (laughs) Do you realize there's some things that you just need to change your mind about? The first thing I need to change my mind about is stop meditating on these negative things. For a long time on 9-11, I would show this slideshow that would literally bring everybody to tears. I literally watched it for six months straight in my office in New York. From the same office where I saw that second plane hit that building. I just played this slideshow and I just cried every day. At one point, God said, You need to shut that off. And that's when I was done mourning. But there is a time to mourn. I mourn with you guys. I mourn. I've cried every day this week. I got empathy, so <laughs> I'm crying, you know, like it hurts me to know that you're hurting. But if I was going to be refreshed, refreshed, I needed to change my mind. I need to picture Jan in heaven. I need to picture her walking on streets of gold and telling them what they need to do up there because I know she's telling people what to do up there. I know she's like, no, I don't like it like that. Move that. And they're like, okay. (laughs) But um, I had to change my mind because if I change my mind, my mind can be changed. Change your mind and then you can be changed. Change your mind and God can change your heart. It says in Proverbs that a man's heart plans his way. So if you change your mind about what you're meditating on, you give God the opportunity to change your mind and change your heart and change your way. Change your mind and let your mind be changed. And here's what our mind needs to be changed about, that our sins are totally blotted out. I said, they're totally blotted out. Now, back then, the ink they used back then was not the kind of ink that scratched into a paper. It was the kind of ink that could be wiped away. And what God is saying is change your mind and be changed and understand that because of what Jesus did on the cross, if you put your faith in him, your sin is gone. It's gone. It's wiped away. We had such a powerful men's breakfast here yesterday and Pastor T. Money. Gave the message, it was was awesome. He was saying, you know, how relationship between the son and father is so important for, for our, you know, we need to change our mind and understand that he's not mad at us. He loves us. He doesn't see our sin. It's been totally wiped clean. And before you can get into God's presence and receive that refreshing, this is what God said to me, you need to understand that you're okay. You're all right with me. I love you. You're clean. I'm not looking at your sin. It's blotted out. It's wiped away forever. And then you can be refreshed. And it's funny because yesterday I was on my computer and I'm like pushing all the buttons and nothing's working, I'm moving the mouse. You ever get a virus, like a bunch of viruses, you just got a computer, you're just like, I want to take this thing and I want to chuck it out the window. Well, I had that. I texted my whole family, I go, I'm about to shake this thing up. I'm about to erase everything. So if you have anything on this computer that you need, come and get it. So I got back, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm sure later somebody goes, go, I can't believe you did that. So you know what I did? I went in there and I refreshed the whole thing. And now that thing runs like a Maserati baby. Because <sighs> it's been refreshed. Everything's been erased. And God has erased all your sin if you put your faith and trust in Jesus so you can be refreshed today and start out and like a Maserati and take off to a new life. Do you know that his mercies are new every day? They're new every hour. They're new every minute. They're new every millisecond. They're new. Change your mind about it. The Holy Spirit brought to mind when I was meditating on this, 2 Kings chapter 5, and that's where we're going right now, verse 1. It's a passage about Naaman. Naaman, the commander of the army of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, if only my master, if only Naaman were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus said the girl, who's from Israel. And the king said, go, I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed, took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten chases of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel. And this is what it said. Be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read this, he tore his clothes and said, My God, (laughs) to kill and make alive? That this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So (laughs) Naaman has his... Mistress has a servant girl from Israel says, you know what, Naaman, if you go to Israel and you're there with the prophet, you could be healed of this leprosy. So Naaman goes to his master, and his master says, okay, I'll send a letter to the king of Israel that he's got, you got to get healed. Now they're enemies, so when the king of Israel gets this, it's like, really, I I can't heal this guy. This guy's just looking to start a fight with me. He's asking me to do something he knows I can't do so he can find a way to start a war. And so it was that Elisha, the prophet, the man of God, heard that. And he went to the king and he said, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Understand this. God wants the world to know who he is. He wants to know who the healer is. He wants everybody to know who he is. He wants everyone here to know who his son is and what he's done for them. Everything is about God getting the glory in anything you see. And it says that Naaman went with horses and chariots and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you'll be clean. But Naaman became furious. He went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out Stand and call the name of the Lord, wave His hand and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters in Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and he went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, "My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have known it? Would you not have done it? How much more than when he says to you, wash and be clean." So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him and said, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except this God in Israel. Hallelujah. So Naaman comes with his horses and chariots to the door of Elisha. It reminds me, some will trust in horses, some will trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our Lord. So Naaman stood at the door of Elisha's house. Do you know some of you are at the door of something great in your life? You're right there. And then something keeps you from going through the door. You're right there. I mean, right there. And Elisha sent a messenger to him. (laughs) Wait a minute, I got all my horses, I got all my chariots, I got all my money, I got all my clothes. I'm coming to your house, knocking the door. Uh, I'm here to see Pastor Elisha. And some servant comes to the door and says, go wash in the Farrington Lake. Wait a minute, I came here, I'm naming. I'm somebody, I'm in the church, I'm some. I came here to see Pastor Alicia, and she sent a servant down to talk to me? And what happens? He becomes furious, and he says, I said to myself, See, the first thing that will keep you from what God has from you for a refresh, for an open door, is pride. Is pride. See, God's trying to say something, but you don't want to hear it. You're talking to yourself. I love the woman with the issue of blood. She talked to herself, but she spoke faith. She said, if I could just touch his garment, I'll be made well. This guy is talking to himself, saying, I know better than God. I know better. I said to myself, surely (laughs) he will come out and do it my way, Frank Sinatra. Surely he will come out and do it my way. And you know what pride will lead to? It will lead to expectations, expectations. So many people come to church with expectations or come to God saying I want it done my way and this is how I want it done I want it done my way and this is how I want it done you know I like how they greet you at the door I like how they have coffee for you but I don't like all the worship songs like I wish they would do the songs I like and I don't like how they get up and bring the offering to the front what's that all about I don't like that Pastor Joe, sometimes he's yelling and then sometimes he's quiet, sometimes he's funny and sometimes he seems mad. I want it the way I want it. See, because when you have expectations unfulfilled, guess what it leads to everybody? Offense. Everybody say it. Offense. Anybody here ever been offended? Woo! Right at the door. But because of what he's thinking, and because of what he's expecting, now he's offended. And what happens when you get offended? You get disappointed. You get angry. You miss out on what God has for you, and you go away how? In a rage. Angry. There are literally people that go into churches, not Grace Church, Miss Erica, other churches. They come in the back door when the worship's almost over, and somebody looks at them the wrong way, or says, "Could you please put your baby, who's screaming louder than the jet engine, in the nursery?" <laughs> and they're like, "I'm <laughs> coming!" And that was the day that the word they needed was being preached. That was the day the healing touch they needed was being released. That was the day that during the offering, they were going to have a financial breakthrough, but they ended up leaving mad. Do not let offense keep you from the door that's right there. In 2000, when I started this church, I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, out of work, depressed, almost suicidal. I came to the point where I had to borrow a mortgage payment from my mother-in-law. I can't even say it. The words can't even come out of the mouth. How many of you would just look forward to borrowing a mortgage payment from your mother-in-law? That's the lowest it can get, people. So I said, Alicia, could you borrow a mortgage payment for your mother, or could you just kind of call her? And she's going, no, you call her. You got us into this mess. <laughs> so I'm like, hello, Mom, this is Alicia. Uh, Joe needs a mortgage payment. Bye. That's what I should have done. <laughs> but her grace was wonderful. She gave us the mortgage payment. We were able to go on. And that's when I got the call for this job. And I was so insulted. When they offered me $300,000 a year, I said, are you kidding me? No, that's not what happened. But there are people that get insulted no matter what. You know what I mean? I go, 300, make it $310, For what is the matter with you? No. So they offered me this amount of money. I'm like, leash, there's no way I'm taking that. There's no way, no way, no way, no way. I'm holding my breath, no. Not taking that. I'm Working for that stupid company, stupid, all eight of them. <laughs> and she looked at me and she was like, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what she said. But I took the job. <laughs> and it was the greatest financial blessing of my life. Like I was at the door, but my anger, my expectations, the way I wanted it to be, all this stuff almost kept me from being financially free. Think about that. The next time you think about getting mad over something stupid in church, something so dumb, come on, that enemy, he uses that. So you leave mad and you left a door. You left a door that could be the greatest door in your life because God opens doors that no one else opens. And because of offense, because of expectations, because of pride, you miss it. And it's okay if you missed it. Because Naaman missed it, but look what happened in the next verses. Hallelujah. His servants came near to him and spoke to him. And they said, If the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says, Wash and be clean. Like, really? That's all he's asking you to do is wash and be healed. Like, Like, duh! (laughs) Change your mind. Change your mind. If you're mad, change your mind. If God is asking you to do something, just do it. As silly as it might be. You know, we're all going to a beach today to baptize whatever, 35, 40 people. There's going to be people thinking like, what are they doing over there? Are they taking a bath? Why are they singing before they go into the water? People are gonna, th- it doesn't make sense to the world. But we just do it anyway because there's a blessing involved. Amen? Amen? There's a blessing involved. And some of you are getting baptized for the second or third time. And if your question to me is, Can I get baptized again? the answer is absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Lord, is it okay if we baptize somebody more than once? No. Of course, it's okay. It's wonderful. Get baptized every year. You just don't get to say a new speech every year, okay? It's just, but praise God. You know, some gentleman came to me after service. He goes, My my granddaughter, would it be okay if she gets baptized today? I'm like, Of course. Praise the Lord. Because you're changing your mind and you're saying, It's not me, but it's Him. So you just go. Sometimes you just go. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just change your mind and do what you didn't want to do because you know that there's a door with God. It's amazing, you know. As angry as Naaman got, hey, actually, you remind me a little bit of myself, Naaman, because he's really emotional, but he's quick to like, okay, wait a second, <laughs> you know. And one second you could be, mad. you know, what Naaman's name means, pleasant. But you know what? He was pleasant because he listened to a little servant girl who said there's healing in Israel. He listened to her. And then when his servants came and they said, let me reason with you for a second. Naaman, let me reason with you. Come on. If if he would ask you to do something else, would you have done it? This is even more simple. Why not do it? It's like couples. When, When I sit with them, it's like pray together every day. Pray together every day. And I text them the next day, did you pray together? Nah, they didn't pray together. Why not? I not feel like it. Well, change your mind. Change your mind. I mean, people, they come for counseling and, and you say, listen, how about this? How about you come in this week from work and be nice to your wife. Try something new. Or how about when your husband asks for dinner, you don't give him a plate of mush, okay? Let's try something different. Just because if you change a little thing, God will change a big thing. If you change a little thing, God will change a big thing. If you change a little thing, God will change a big thing. I don't know, maybe go to the Emerge group, you know? These young people, it's like, I'm just looking for a Christian spouse, you know, I'm in my late 20s. I don't know if I'm ever going to find them. There's 35 of them in the basement every Tuesday. Take a look. <laughs> like, hello? I really need fellowship. I'm lonely. There's home groups every week. Bust one of them. Crash one. Let's go. No, it's, it's really, it's like the simplest little things. So he Went. Look at the person next to you and say, change your mind. Come on. Somebody's looking at, like, you've been dating her, and you asked her to marry her, she's been saying no, and you're like, change your mind. (laughs) It's time to change your mind. Look, just the little, the servant cared about him. There are people in your life that care about you. There are people in this church that care about you that will say, listen, here, I don't know, maybe try praying. You know, try coming to worship and worshiping. Try, you know, when when there's a prayer for people and there's healing and you're sick, try coming up. Change your mind. And God will change you. Change your mind so that you can be changed. 2 Kings 5.14 So he went down and he dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. So he changed his mind. He said, okay, I'll go. And then he did what the word said to do. He did what the word said to do. He did what the word said to do. Listen, talk is cheap. Play the game. You hear that, Giants? Giants. Talk is cheap. It's played play the darn game. Dear Lord, I pray that the New York Giants today would to defeat the evil Dallas Cowboys who are cursed with a curse. Hallelujah. Where's my evil? Stand up, stand up, yeah! Her name is Caroline Kwan, and she, said, she came in today and she said, Look, I'm wearing the jersey. You know what I decided? You're my ambassador of Kwan. <laughs> Anybody? Jerry Maguire? Yeah, yeah. For those of youngins don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, change your mind so God can change your heart. Because in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, what a man thinks in his heart, that's what he does. Yes, yes. And I was, this is what I'm trying to say about talk is cheap and all that other stuff so many people buzzing around church talking, 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 but they're not changing. Like, they're not doing what the Word says. They're not forgiving. They're not praying. They're just giving lip service. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know that someone has changed their mind and that they're being changed because they actually do what the Word says to do. Now, this is perfect for what's going on today. Yeah. It's one thing, I, I gave my heart to the Lord, and then the Bible says, then be baptized. All right. So go into the ocean, get dunked, and be baptized. Why? Because God says to do it. Yeah. And God doesn't tell you to do anything that doesn't have a blessing attached to it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on, hallelujah. Woo. It's like, you know how you know that somebody is changed? Because they changed. When I get a couple that comes back to me a month later, I'm like, are you guys praying together? Well, no, but she keeps and he keeps. I said, wait, are you praying together? Well, no, but she keeps. Well, are you praying together? I Get out of my office. <laughs> I gave you the answer. Yes. It was a simple thing. And now three, four weeks later, and after a while, I stopped texting them because I can't hear it. I just don't want to hear it anymore. Well I got up early and the Jews on the bed she was snoring, and I got home early and the Jews, uh, she didn't want to pray. Just pray. Hello? 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 Anybody home? Five fourteen says, so we went down, dipped seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. I said, he was clean. Now, we know that leprosy is a disease, by the way, which I saw on the internet, people in California, they got leprosy? What, what, what's going on? Maybe it is the end times. Well, it's, it is the last days every day, but leprosy? This is why I was reading. I was like, ah. "Tell him to go dip in the California ocean seven times." So we went down and dipped seven times, and his flesh was restored, and he was clean. See, leprosy is a symbol; is symbolic of sin. Why? Because if you don't deal with it, it'll eat you away. Leprosy was so bad that it would literally eat your body weight to the point where your nose would fall off. Yeah, yeah, scary. And let me tell you something, I'm not just talking about unbelievers who need to deal with their sin, putting their faith in Jesus Christ, but believers who live in sin. You wonder why your life isn't right. You wonder why it's being, you feel like you're being eaten alive because you're living in sin and there are consequences to living in sin. You'll constantly be fighting a disease that you can't beat. He beat it, put your faith in him. Change your mind, be converted, be clean. Listen, you're changing your mind, and you allowing God to change your heart is not what makes you clean, though. It's the blood of Jesus. So he dipped, and he was made clean. Totally clean. See, you'll never experience God's freshness. First of all, if you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, you can't. You can't enter the kingdom of God, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't have the Holy Spirit. But as a believer, if you are walking around always thinking about your sin because you're living in it. <laughs> the Lord just showed me something. That most Christians that are thinking about sin all the time are living in sin. I said most Christians that are thinking about sin all the time are living in sin. And bring condemnation on themselves. But if you change your mind and allow your heart to be changed, you won't want to sin. And then you can see yourself the way he sees you. The way Pastor Terrence was talking about yesterday, he brought up this whole scene from the movie Lord of the Rings. And, and yesterday I went to the living room and, and my son goes, Dad, the scene is on right now. So I watched the scene and I still don't understand a heck of a, anything that was going on. I just know this, that he was a really bad father and... He, he was angry at his sons, and he held it all against them, and he's not God. Is that okay? Did I sum it up pretty good? You know, God is not holding our sin against us if we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And if we change our mind and allow him to change our heart, we won't want to walk in it anymore, and then we can experience times of refreshing, which comes from the presence of the Lord. And and that, wow. (laughs) So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored. Put that next scripture up. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. This is not a Mary Kay commercial here, okay? But God put that in to make you understand that you can have faith like a child again in your life, no matter how old you are. I was 40. 4-0! Gosh, I'm old. I was 40 when that happened to me, when my financial life changed. I was 40 when I founded Grace Church of North Brunswick. 40. Oh! That was 3 years ago. <laughs> 43 now. 40. <laughs> I was 40. It's never too late and it's never too early to have the faith of a little child. Do you, how many of you remember when you were a little child or how many of you are a little child? Oh, how many <laughs> some of you, I'm I'm still 12, well, okay, 16, but do you remember that, like, the possibilities you felt like there were in life, like, you just thought anything, you thought you could be president, you thought you'd be quarterback for the Giants, you thought all these things, and then you were 25, and all of a sudden, you were like, geez, that went fast, and all of a sudden, your dreams started to narrow a little bit. And then you're 40 and you're like, "Whoop! <laughs> I got four kids. I can't be president. I just got to take care of them. But like what God is saying is like when you change your mind and allow yourself to be changed and realize that he doesn't hold anything against you, you have a clean slate. It's like the, that white board, you know, and if all your sins were written there, that's what the word blotted out. It means it's just wiped, Gone. And then you could write your future right there. God has given you a future and a hope no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what family you've been born to, no matter how depressed you are, no matter what your situation is, God can refresh your whole life. You could be like my computer where the whole hard drive is just Poof, let's start all over. And now we're searching the internet and we're so fast. And we can hear so well. And we can see so good. See, because when you're clouded up and sin and anger and all these things are what you can't even think. But look what happened with Naaman. He went back to the man of God and he said, "Now I know." Everybody say, "Now I know." Now I know. Cuz this is what it's all about. Yes. "Now I know that there's no god in all the earth except this god." Right. Now I don't care about political parties. I don't care about movements. I don't care about countries, but I will say this. There's only one God, and there's only one son. His name is Jesus,
1: and the only way
0: to heaven is through him, and that we better get right. We better get that right. There's no flags in heaven. There's only a lamb who's worthy. That's it. We better get that right, and Naaman got it right. Because he changed his mind. He allowed himself to be changed. He was clean and he knew it. And he said, now I can be in the presence of the Lord. Now now I'm going back to Elisha's house with the right attitude to worship. He came with a gift and Elisha said, no need. It's free. Yes. And your salvation is free. Yes. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Let's, let's make sure that everyone here knows Jesus right now the free gift of salvation two young women this morning two people that just happened to be sitting in the seat in grace church on September 11th 2016 heard the salvation message raised their hand two brave women stood up and came to the front and said i want to follow jesus And 40 brave people are going to go to the beach of Ocean Grove today and go into the water and say, Hey, everybody, just wanted you to know, I know there's only one God. And I know there's only one son. And he's the one that I'm putting my faith in today. Right now you can receive Jesus as your Lord, Savior. Right now you can have your whole life refreshed, changed this moment, a clean slate, by just saying this prayer with me. So if you would say this prayer, Father, Father I, know that Jesus is your son. I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross. On the cross. His blood, His blood. Washes, my sin away. washes my sin away. I've messed up, I've messed up. But, in your eyes, but in your eyes, I'm clean. I'm clean. I want to be refreshed. I want to have a new future and a new hope hope today. today. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. Amen. amen. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus by saying that prayer, every eye is closed, every head is bowed right now. If you said that and you meant it, raise your hand right now.